Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to It's the prospect edition of Sabres Live Overtime, Marty. And uh, for good reason, we'll be having Chris Baker joining us here momentarily. Yeah, I love Bakes and his insight is always really, really good. Now, I'll tell you this. I said, Devin Levi, we're going to talk about him. Uh, watching the Beanpot final Monday night, I was impressed. It made me think of Ryan Miller a little bit coming out of Michigan State and, and having that time in Rochester and the impact that he's had here in Buffalo, obviously. But did you know Duffer? The first ever goalie to win the Hobie Baker Award was obviously not Ryan Miller. It was Rob Stauber. Mm-hmm. Rob Stauber was the first goalie in college hockey to win the Hobie Baker Award. I found that out yesterday. I'm bringing that to the table today. And you just did. And we talked about his son, Jackson, very recently, as he yep. has made his foray into the NHL this year with the Hawks. And when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo at the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. Self-service betting kiosks available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens so you never miss a play. The sports book at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. Mr. Baker, it is long overdue. Nice to see you again. How are things? Going well. Going well. We're in the the uh, like the doldrums of the season. You know, it's like the World Juniors are done and we're just kind of waiting for the playoffs to happen. But I'm not bored. Plenty to look at in hockey wise. And I'm happy to be here with you guys. Today. With, the, well, with the warm weather spell. I feel like the golfer in you wants to go out there right now. Mario, you have no idea. I got the note from my club pro yesterday that they're allowing walkers out today. Yeah. But there's no place I'd rather be than right here, right now with both of you fine gentlemen. <laughs> well, maybe on the golf course with Duffer and I would be a better place. We could do that live walking the, uh, the fairway. I'm depressed enough. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I'm, um, always down. I'm always down for that. What's up? Devin Levi is fresh off a bean pot win. What have you seen from his entire season to date? You know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, he had a high watermarks, you know, from last year to kind of live up to this year. You know, outstanding save percentage, goals against average was just spectacular last season. So the bar was clearly high. And I like that he went back to school because he knew that there was pressure. You know, this is a kid who wants to perfect his craft. And part of that is dealing with the pressure of leading his team back into the NCAA tournament this year. You know, there were goals that were, I thought, maybe a little uncharacteristic of him that he allowed early in the year. A lot of jam plays some, some things that, he, you know, he can't always control, but he's really got it together. You know, if you go back and you look at New Year's Day, Harvard hung eight goals on him. Since then, I think he's run off uh, in a nine-game stretch. You know, he's allowed one goal or less in five of those games. Save percentage after that eight-goal shellacking. Save percentage over 95%. He's right of the ship. I know that Beanpot win isn't really a win. It goes down as a tie. But he's got seven. He's picked up seven wins in nine starts since then. So, He's a really, really incredible prospect to me. And, and keep in mind, okay, in the, in the role that I'm in, I try to kind of temper expectations a little bit. You don't want to bestow these. I don't want to be misleading to anyone, but the fact of the matter is he's special. He really is. Um, for a goaltender that's six feet, 185 pounds. I don't know, was Kevin Adams on with you guys and you mentioned his waist size? No. Did you mention that too? He's got like a 40 inch waist. I mean, he, he is just kind of a freak even there. His waist is, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I picked that up, but I mean, it's just kind of 
that's another stat to kind of throw in. It's almost like my favorite stat about him, but like quarterbacks with hand size and the ball, right? Like a goalie with a large waist can feel boxy in the net. I, that's in, in, interesting. It's wild, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned quarterback though, because kind of Duffer's asking, you know, what have you seen from him? You know, he is with an NH, an NFL quarterback. You want that prospect that wants to perfect his craft. I think that Levi's the same way doing virtual reality work to improve his truck you know, uh, puck tracking, everything's kind of leading up to him just being an excellent prospect. But, you know, the, the goaltending nuts and bolts itself. I mean, he's so quick with his shuffling. He's always square to the shooter. When he goes down, he pops back up on his feet. I think it keeps him bigger when he pops back up. Um, but, you know, his confidence coming out and challenging, holding his edges, he's so patient. I mean, everything, People are always going to talk about his size, but literally everything that he's doing in the crease and, and outside of the blue paint where he spends a lot of time, mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. what leads me to say that he really is an incredible prospect. But again, he's at the collegiate level. That slate gets clean when he mm-hmm. turns pro, and but he has a lot of promise right now. Everybody asks me, oh, when is Devin Levi going to be ready for the NHL? And I like to, again, temper expectations as you do. I say, well, you know, he played the next four year of midget AAA hockey because he felt like he, well, at the time he didn't want it, but then looking back, he says, I needed it. And he went back to college for an extra year, like, because he wanted that challenge. So I'm not saying he will take his time in maybe in Rochester and developing, but I think we got to expect that he likes to have that extra time to develop and be fully ready. So I like to say, at least two years, right? Before we think Devin Levi for Buffalo. I don't know if you have some type of projection with you when you look at goalies and prospect, when the time would come for him to be sabers and ready for that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, and we've kind of talked about this in past appearances that I've made with you, where there are analytics that suggest a number of minutes that they would ideally have him serve in the AHL before ascending to the NHL level. I think ideally, um, Kevin Adams and his staff all the way down to Seamus Kotick as a goaltending development coach, they would like to execute that plan and, and get as many of those minutes in the AHL as possible. But the fact of the matter is, is that he could overachieve and make his way up um, sooner than we would think. I like your timeline. I think it's prudent, Marty, to say two years, honestly, because every level up requires an adjustment. And the speed of the game is going to be different. The strength and the crease and the pressure is going to be different. Um, the reality is that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when it comes to the contract too, is like, when can he start that AHL run, right? Because if he signs an NHL deal, like let's assume that there's leverage that his advisor has and they can get the meter running on his NHL contract this year, right? Which would mm-hmm. preclude him from going to Rochester. <laughs> you know, ideally though, he's an interesting cat, right? He's very intelligent. He's, you know, he might be realistic about it and say, I'll sign an, an entry-level contract with Buffalo beginning in 23-24, and I'll sign an ATL and go down and get that Rochester ramp-up started, start accruing those requisite minutes. Um, but I, I don't want to articulate any kind of thought that puts him in Buffalo next year, and I think it's best to leave it at that, right? As far as the young Americans are concerned, and they are definitely that, uh, which prospect have you been most impressed with in Rochester? Yeah, I mean, the obvious answer, I think, is Kulik. Okay, and we can talk a little bit about him. I mean, the shot rate, he fires a lot of pucks, he's producing. I don't really see him hitting a wall yet where maybe Isak Rosane has hit a little bit of a, 
a wall, which should be expected. He's a 19-year-old kid playing North American professional hockey for the first time. It's a massive cultural adjustment as well as the, the hockey itself is an adjustment. I really like Lucas Rusek. I think that he's been um, just steady Eddie from start to finish. He's earning what he gets in terms of ice time. He's a reliable three-zone player. He puts the work in. You know, because then you start seeing the separation of the prospects. I think Kulik's a guy that's going to score points. Lucas Rusek, mm-hmm. we're not sure if he's going to score points, but he's always going to contribute. And you need those role players. So I think he deserves a shout out. I was really pleased to see him get the AHL All-Star honor as recognition of the work that he's put to uh, year and date. Um, those are the two that really stand out, though. Um, it'd be interesting to see, though. I, I want to see kind of Rosane get it back up here as we get a little bit closer to the playoff push and get him scoring goals, contributing offense again. And I'm not trying to say that he's fallen off a cliff. He hasn't. He just started really well, and he set a bar high to maintain that rate. So he has some work to do to kind of get back up to where he was maybe the first 15, 20 games from a points-per-game perspective. When you talk about Kulik or Roseanne and those guys, are you seeing a difference in their physical game? And I'm just saying because they're not big players. Like, they're – I was a skinny goalie, but it didn't matter. All I had to do was stop a little puck, right? Those guys, they have to get involved physically into the game. Like, are you seeing a change or maybe a, a step forward in that that development physically in their game? I saw it with Rosane early where he made a couple of plays that are just etched in my mind where he went to the net and he scored goals in front of the net where a lot of what we saw with him on the larger ice was a trigger man from sharp angles. Now he kind of defaulted back to that at the world juniors. And when I was out with Duffer during that tournament, I was like, Hey man, you got to get him inside. Let's get him back inside. Kulik. What he did as a 17 year old in the Czech league, he was just crashing the middle lane. He was just going, and that's kind of his game. And he was, you know, he's got a little bit of cockiness along the boards. I think he always had that. So when you talk about that physical, the characteristics changing, I really look at a guy like that's more of a finesse player in Rosane. And I think that you, you want to see more of that out of him because you're not going to survive on the perimeter. I mean, again, I'm not saying that's what he is, no. but he needs to hit those dirty areas more if he wants to carve out an NHL career. And that maybe comes with strength development and then the confidence that comes with having the frame to get that job done in the tough area. A lot of Canadian Hockey League players to discuss. Obviously, it would start with last year's first rounder in Matt Savoy. Um, by all accounts, especially in the last uh, month or so, has has just kind of rounded off his game. Is that a fair statement? I mean, he just seems to be garnering the right attention for the right areas. Yeah, he is. I think when you look at his season from, you know, the start to where he's at now, he's definitely producing more points. So if you're looking at just the stats, you're noticing that. The reality, though, with his season, because he's a speed player, right? Everything's fast. And we talked about that on draft night. Everything's fast. Bang, bang. Uh, His skating unlocks a lot of good things that he can create for his teammates. More pucks are going in for him now. Um, He's changed his shot angle this year. He was toying with his shots, just different release points. And that was kind of maybe leading to him not scoring at the beginning of the year. I think he's adjusted to that. The fact of the matter is with Savoy is that even when he wasn't producing at the same clip, I mean, this was a kid he produced, I think, 1.38 points per game last year in his draft year. He's at that rate right now because of the work that he's done in the past two months. He was always making elite plays from game one. Even when he went back, he just wasn't scoring a lot. The pucks weren't going in for him. It was easy to judge and say maybe he was struggling when in, in my eyes, he wasn't as someone who was watching a lot of his games, pucks are going in more. 
that team is so the Winnipeg Ice number one in the CHL right now. They are loaded. Savoy is playing on a line with Zach Benson. I think McLennan, who's an undrafted twenty-year-old. Um, the matchups are really hard. That that team's going to continue to cruise. They can spread out the scoring though. Savoy doesn't have to be the guy that does it every night. Right. So, but I like what I see with him, and just it's not always about the speed that we talk about. I think everybody who's following at least casually knows he's an undersized player. He's very fast. What a lot of fans might not know is that he is not afraid to use his body to make plays, to separate guys from the puck and win battles. He'll go in like a ball of fire on the forecheck, hit a guy to win a battle. That's the mentality that you want. That's what I'm looking for right now when he's playing junior. What's he doing without the puck? What's he doing to get the puck? Because we know when he gets the puck, he's going to do good things. Yeah, he's pretty special. We saw it in development camp a little bit or um... – rookie camp or whatnot but uh yeah because he didn't play in development camp but yeah he he's pretty special with the puck and i like that there's more to his game to need to be developed um okay let's go to my former junior team at the time we were called the hall olympics now it's the gatineau olympics same thing they just changed the the, the 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 town name olivier nadeau um he's in his last year presumably he could play as an overager next year but i don't think he will um you know he's only got 18 games played this year, but 16 goals. Like that's a high rate of goals per game. What have you seen out of Nado in his limited time this season? He, he, man, it didn't take him any time to get going. I mean, he scored, I think, in his first game back, and he's kind of kept, kept scoring to your point. Um, I think, if, you know, so fans of the Amherst, I maybe watched Philip Cedarquist. I think you're kind of getting a similar player. Um, very heavy player beneath the goal line. Obviously, you know, he's very good around the net. That's where he makes his money. Um the, the gains in his game since being drafted to me have come in to improve skating and they're still the skating mechanics. Okay. I don't think he's ever going to be a very fast player. His skating mechanics is the first, you know, two, three step acceleration have improved. He's working on his shot from range because he knows that he's going to need to be a guy that can shoot pucks. He's not going to be a guy that just does wraparounds and cleans up garbage rebounds. Right. Um, what I like about him, though, historically, if you go back to when he played in Shawinigan last year, he's he's always played with high skill guys, despite maybe not being the fastest guy. He has a role. So he played with Borgo and he played with uh, Maverick Bork last year. Those are two guys that are doing very well in the AHL this year. This year in Gatineau, he's playing with uh, Riley Kidney and Alexis Gendron, who's a, you know, both NHL draft picks, high skill guys, faster players. He knows what his role is. He can create space. Very good at winning one-on-one -on -one battles on the boards, puts the work in, and he sacrifices those guys that will go down. I put a clip up the other night on my Twitter feed. He went down to block a shot, defending, you know, the extra attacker. Little things like that. I, I like that. You need guys like that to win. I want to find more highlights like that and clip them. And show, I'm tired of showing this guy scored a goal. I want to, I want to show more block shots, and you see that from the dome. It wasn't just that one time. I just happened to catch that one. How good is his team? They're they're loaded right now after the deadline. Um, so you know, right now, uh, you know, Quebec, who so where Komarov is right now, they're they're leading the way. I think Gadno's gonna make a really good run though. And I think that they're they're tight, they're loaded. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's the cue. So it's gonna be you gotta score goals and they can score goals. Quick word on Josh Bloom. Yeah, I love him as a role player. So, you know, he's a guy who started off really well after the trade to North Bay. I think he's only got maybe like one goal in this last six or seven, but it doesn't matter because he's another guy where I'm looking at everything else he does. Mm -hmm. Playing left wing, got good line mates for North Bay, speed out of the zone, penalty killing, but he can score when he when he gets the puck. So I'm not, you know, again, 
not judging him on his production rate. I'm judging him on what he does between the highlights, as we like to say. Skating ranks very well. Work rate on the boards, ability to win battles. Very good defensive stick. Just a smart player. Middle of the lineup guy, you know, ceiling. But I, I like the player a lot. And I think he's going to do, he and Nadeau in the AHL next year. I like them with maybe like a Tyson Kozak. Let's start talking about that right now. Those are three right. guys that can defend against really skilled forwards in the opposition, clean up their, you know, clean up their own zone and actually produce offense when they get to advance the puck up ice. And last for me, uh, Tobias Lehnenen, obviously second round pick last year, goaltender, um, did not get to see a lot of them here in Buffalo this summer. And then what's the season like? I, I know it's hard for younger goaltenders in Europe to know if, are you playing top league? Are you playing U20? Are you playing second league? What's, What's the development path for him and what's he like this year? Yeah, they're going to take their time with him. I think it's clear. He's had some limited work in Liga this year with JYP. You know, he doesn't, it's, it's, what's interesting is that statistically he's been one of the best goalies in the under 20 league over there, but he doesn't see a lot of shots. You know, it's like the, the shots on goal are really low. Um, I wish they were higher. You know, I want that kid to just get shelled and see as much rubber as possible. Um, in terms of the prospect, though, you know, I mean, the, the table is set for him to compete on their under 20 world junior team next year. I think the expectation is that he'll be there this year. So, and I think he'll be in Liga a lot more next year. Okay. Big kid moves well. You know, we kind of like what we saw of him is kind of what he's shown this year. Um, he's got to eliminate the bad goals, just like any young goaltender, just smooth out the consistency, work to track the puck a lot better. Little things like that. They're going to take their time with him. But the raw skill set is there. It's not just size. He moves well, but he doesn't move like Devin Levi. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> or Lukanen for that matter, right? Like, you know, the, I, I'm starting to look at, you know, you want to compare and contrast all these guys. And it's mm -hmm. like, I think the biggest thing that's going to stand out when people really get broader exposure to Levi versus what they see with Lukanen is the way they move. You know, Lukanen still, and Marty, we can geek out all day on this, so I'll cut it short. But it's yeah. like, I still feel Lukanen has got a little bit of that tightness in his hips, right? Oh, I don't yeah. see a lot of that from Lyonen, and I don't see that from Levi, especially. Do you see Levi as being kind of like Saros? Because every time I see highlights and I watch Devin Levi, I'm thinking, you see Saros. Not a tall goaltender, incredibly fast, incredibly athletic, and just a game changer. Quick legs. They get their side to side, and they're aggressive in how they come out. Jim Corsi used to always say, Man, you guys have beautiful legs. He goes, I don't mean it in the sense of beautiful legs, but you got beautiful legs. So Devin Levi has beautiful legs. I should he say does. that. Yes, he does. <laughs> Why do I feel like Levi is that much bigger than Saros? I don't know why. Like, I mean, I know Saros is what he is, but he always seems smaller than he is to me. It's the yellow is, pads. Eh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do feel like his equipment is rather large, but it's only because he's a yeah. smaller goaltender. But uh, Noah Oslin got healthy just in time for the World Juniors this year. Have you enjoyed his progress throughout the season as he yeah. tries to yeah. get his club back to top level? Yeah, point-per-game player since returning from the World Juniors. So 13 points in 13 games since getting back. And, um, you know, a precision player, a pure distributor. But I like the speed, the pace of play that he plays at. I like the way that he helps out his defensemen, you know, in the world junior tournament where a lot of people saw him, how many lob passes did he have out of the zone, sending guys on, and springing them on breakaways? You don't do that unless you're deep in the zone supporting the play. Um, but I, I like his pace of play. I think that, you know, and, and Duff Rice said it to him, I'm going to say it again. 
I think the hockey world is going to know Noah Ostlund a lot more this time next year after he's leading Sweden's charge at the World Juniors next year in their home country in Gothenburg. That Sweden team's going to be ramped. They're going to be they're going to be ready to go at that tournament, and he's going to play a big part in that. But no precision passing. I I wanted to shoot the puck more. I yeah. want him to start shooting the puck more. Well, that's one. I mean, it's nice that that's one area, though, that you can distinctly look at as we move forward here in the next year to just, you know, evaluate. Does he take opportunities? I, I just think he's so smart. Everything you've ever said about him speaks to that. And and it's almost natural to think now. Yeah. Once he just goes a little further along here, especially against, you know, the 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 next level up, so to speak, um, at some point, the shooting will come. Uh, last one for me real quick is is Ryan Johnson, more so in the bigger picture of collegiate players, their rights, their value, you know, we have a trade deadline coming up. A lot of people have wondered, like, if Ryan Johnson doesn't end up signing with the Sabres, is there a value in this prospect that can still be, you know, captured by a trade? Like, how do you view Johnson's career at Minnesota and, and what lies ahead for him and the Sabres here? Yeah, I think that there would be some interest in him. And I think there would be interest if the Sabres want to. I mean, look, they need defensemen, okay? And by the way, if you look at the draft last year and you're trying to send a message to Ryan Johnson that, hey, we want you, no better way than to send that message and to not take too many defensemen when you have, like, what do they have, like 30 picks last year? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I mean, I'm being ridiculous, but you know what I'm yeah. saying, right? Yeah. So I, I think, though, that the Sabres still maintain their interest in him. Um, he should see opportunity in Buffalo. I don't care if it's top four opportunity. He should see opportunity here. What do you have in the pipeline? I okay. Agree. So, but with that said, if they can't come to terms and he is a senior, I think there would be interest. Um, they would get a 31st pick in the second round as compensation. So that pretty much tells you if you can flip them for a second, that's better than 31st. Mm -hmm. Okay. Might be worth looking at. Right. But um, I think there's interest there. I think that he is just a very smart, the skating game with him is that's the hallmark of his game it's nhl level skating strength is there i don't i don't you know i don't see any real deficiencies with his game i think he would fit in really well in buffalo and i'm still kind of focused on that scenario and just because you guys mentioned the college free agents and the possibility of that and I know this is going to be a, a wide brushing type of a question, but any college free agents we should be paying attention to that the names are going to come up in the rumor mill now as the season is a month or a month and a half away from college being over. I'm still formulating my list. There's a couple yeah. of defensemen that I've been looking at. There's one up at um, Minnesota Duluth. It's always the Minnesota schools, you know, yeah. I, and I still, I won't give up. I mean, we don't need another forward here necessarily, but I won't give up on Parker Ford from Providence. I still think that he is just a kid who's going to play if he's given the opportunity, smaller guy, but very fast, very smart. I like those guys. It's the same reason why I like Noah Austin. Mm -hmm. I like the fast guys. I don't need to score a ton of goals, but they just get their job done and play defense. You know, those are those unsung guys. I, I put Parker Ford in that bucket. But um, no, there's a couple guys there, but like the defenseman, I'm not ready to kind of go there just yet, but I think the Sabres will be active when they kind of hone in on that. I mean, look, there's another, what, month, what is it, February 15th, another month plus, yeah. you know, NCAA tournament's going to start March mm -hmm. 23rd. We'll start talking more about those names here in the next couple of weeks. I love foreshadowing. He's ahead. He's got the list ready to go. It's in yeah. pencil right now. It will be in pen in six weeks. I love it. All he's well, doing is... 
there were two guys last year that I had on the list and they didn't come out. They're going to be on the list again. Let's just say that. <laughs> and we are now obligated to make sure that you come back at the proper time when this free agent season begins for these players. Bakes, great stuff as always. Thank you so much. Hey, love you boys. A signing that I know Bakes would probably be pretty happy about too, Marty, is one of our guys, uh, Mikey Anderson, collegiate champion twice with Minnesota Duluth. In fact, his second one came right here in Buffalo, and he's got himself the Samuelson deal, right? He's got the eight-year extension. Well, Samuelson seven, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. It's the $4 million, and and I think another another sign of just, you know, we ended talking about Ryan Johnson, and who knows what Johnson's future is. There, there can be a lot of these types of franchise gems, but not. it doesn't have to be superstar player, right? It's it about development. It doesn't have to be Drew Doughty or Darlene or Power. It could be Samuelson. It could be Mikey Anderson. Maybe he got rewarded on the eighth year, the extra year, because he got Sidney Crosby to take his first ever game misconduct in his career. So it used it was seven years at 4.1. And because he got Crosby to get tossed out, hey, you know what, Mikey? We'll get you that eighth year. There you go. So a great signing. Another kind of prospect that had to wait his time and work his way up. Uh, to the big league and uh, get getting rewarded with a nice contract. Sources say he actually asked for four years at 8.7 in honor of Crosby, but uh, it didn't quite materialize. <laughs> we will look forward to having Bakes on again very soon, and we'll see you soon on Sabres Live.